Awesome, awesome. Well, good morning. Thank you, Divine, from the screen. That was awesome, and uh, so good to worship with you this morning. And let's just give another shout-out to those that got water baptized. Clap, cheer, throw your hats around. This is so awesome. And uh, just thank you to our, our video production crew. It is so amazing that we at the 9 a.m. service got to not only hear the 9 a.m. people, but also those that will be baptized in about an hour and a half, we got to hear their stories as well. We love stories at Woodville. So, so exciting. Well, I'm going to just address the elephant in the room. I am not Pastor Mark. I am Pastor Matt, one of the pastors here. Uh, Pastor Mark is away on holidays, and uh, we, we, we love Pastor Mark. We're going to pray for him. want to just pray that he has a very restful uh, time. He does so much, and we love him so much. And uh, I'm, I'm very, very excited to be continuing our One Another sermon series this morning. How many of you have been enjoying the series so far? We did love one another, honor one another, unity, amazing. It's been so, so good to dive in. Well, I want to pull from First uh, Peter uh, chapter 4, and uh, we're going to talk about hospitality to one another, hospitality to one another. And so in First Peter chapter 4, verse 9, it says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And we're going to unpack that, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I'm going to share a little bit about myself, and uh, hopefully we can ask some real honest questions about kind of how we are finding ourselves on this hospitality scale based on what God's Word said. But uh, before we do that, I do want to pray, uh, mostly for Pastor Mark. We want to just have a moment just to, just to, just to pray God's hand upon him um, and uh, just, just pray for an amazing, amazing week, an amazing Sunday for him. So let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to be together, to, to worship you, O oh God, and to dive into your word. We pray especially right now for Pastor Mark, Lord. We pray that your hand will be upon him. We pray rest over him right now. God, we pray that you would fill him with joy and with peace and with excitement for all that you're doing in, in his life, in his family, in, in the city, in this church, oh Lord. We just pray that his heart would be so full that he would know that he's loved by you, by, by his family, and, and by us, uh, God, your church. And so we just pray uh, for him. We pray just health and wellness over him. God, prepare our hearts as well as we dive into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to talk about hospitality. We're going to talk about what that means, what godly hospitality is, and maybe what we consider to be typical hospitality. When I think of typical hospitality, I think of making sure that everything is just right, you know, that the table is set perfect, the, the air temperature is perfect for me, you know, personally, that the coffee is brewed just perfect, you maybe if you're, you got the essential oils going, right, like everything is just perfect, you know, maybe you think of, you know, weddings, right, and you know, we want to have, pull out all the stops for this wedding, we want to serve prime rib per, cooked perfectly to order. Order. You, you know, you think of all these things. You think of barbecues, right? Like serving up those ribs or that brisket, everything being the perfect temperature. Just this incredible opportunity to give everyone the best experience ever. I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but for me it happens every once in a while and it kind of rattles me a little bit. <laughs> 
Um, I, I would much prefer, this is me just confessing, I would much prefer my guests to arrive fashionably, fashionably late than like 30, 40, 45 minutes early. You know, I've had this happen a few times, and, uh, you know, people are coming for dessert or whatever, and I don't want to get too descriptive in case people are like, was I talking about me? Um, but, uh, you know, they'll show up, and the, the dirty dishes are still on the table, you know? And, uh, and I'm flustered, and we're trying to sweep, and, you know, we were hoping to have the whole house just so nice and, and orderly, and, and here they are, and, and they, they showed up, and we weren't ready for them. You know, we have people sometimes drop by. We love it. We love it, Yvonne and I, and especially our son, Ezekiel. We love when people come by unannounced. It's amazing. But sometimes, you know, if you have a three, four-year-old, you know what they're like with the Lego. They, they dump everything out on the floor to get one thing, and the house is just trashed. Like a tornado went through the house. People show up, and you, you open your door, and you kind of do one of these, and, you're, you know, you don't want them to see in. And sometimes, you know... You know, you know, actually, there was, there was a time, uh, there's been many times, actually, after uh, junior high nights, uh, when I was pastoring our junior highs, and I'd be cleaning up, uh, and at the end of the night on Tuesday night, I'd say, ah, you know what, just, just talk to the volunteers, just forget, just put it in my office, I'll deal with it tomorrow, let's just all, it's been a long night, so Pastor Mark shows up at my office, you know, 9 a.m. on a Wednesday, and I'm in there, and it's just a disaster. And he's never said anything, but just for me, I'm just being transparent. I'm very self-conscious about, you know, I'm German. I'm very self-conscious about just how things, I want everything to be clean. Godliness is next to, cleanliness is next to godliness and all this. And so when he's in there and we're talking about whatever, the stories of, of whatever, and it's a mess. I'm so self-conscious and I'm cleaning up as he's talking to me and I'm not giving him eye contact and I'm so caught up with, with just how things appear that I'm not really engaging in conversation. As I was preparing for this message, this conversation with you today, I was wondering if my office was messy and there was a, a person in need that came into my office, I would hope that I would be able to disregard the mess, to disregard whatever was going on and give my attention to them. But if I can be transparent, I was filled with fear that I wouldn't be able to focus on the things that mattered most. You see, hospitality, what I've been realizing as I was preparing for this, has, has a lot more to do with how we respond to the interruptions than it does the things that we really plan. The hospitality mentioned here in 1 Peter chapter 4 is the, uh, the free and kind hospitality that, that is offered to strangers or travelers you know, th these are people, you know, that, that you would just kind of uh, just host because the rates were expensive and whatever. And so you try to help them in the moment. And these are people you don't know. Maybe word won't get out about the type of hosting you provided. And, you know, there, there's no real strings attached when you're giving to people on this level. It says to offer it without grumbling. You know, that tells me that it, it would probably be costly or maybe burdensome or, you know, irritating maybe a little bit. You know, the, the Greek term grumbling, it talks about this, this muttering or this low speaking, this displeasure, this, you know, it's the opposite of cheerfulness. And this is what sometimes comes naturally in these moments when maybe you're surprised. 
I want to ask you two questions just to ask yourself, and I hope that we can be honest with ourselves today. Um, first question to ask yourself about hospitality is, how do I handle interruptions from others? How do I handle them? Secondly, and this one is, uh, this one's an ouch, a stinger. At the core, is my hospitality about myself or is it about others? You know, when we're putting on this fancy uh, presentation, are we really hoping that they would be impressed with us? Or are we really intending to honor and serve them? You see, how we adapt to these interruptions, how we shift our focus to the person. You know, I'm in this uh, new role here at Woodville. I'm absolutely loving it. I'm a pastor of of young adults and connections. And one of the things I oversee is is our our first impressions, our hospitality. And so I've been looking at our Sunday mornings and I've been thinking, what would it be like to come into our church for the first time as a guest, having no preconceived notions of what church should be? What would people feel? What would they experience? And I've realized that there is so much opportunity for us to represent our our church, to represent who we are, authentic, relational, diverse. We also have so many opportunities to represent Jesus Christ in the way that we offer hospitality. We're going to talk about how we do this personally, but also this is a one another, and so there is a corporate call on us. I want us to consider today that when people interrupt us, that maybe it's God who's interrupting us. Maybe God is presenting these opportunities and he's in this through the whole process. There's this amazing story in Luke chapter eight, and, and I love it. It's, uh, it's the story of the, when Jesus heals the woman of the issue of blood. And, uh, and it's, it's a really, really cool story. And it's not only amazing, you know, of course, you know how the story goes, or maybe you don't, but basically there's this woman who has this issue of blood. She's been bleeding for 12 years, and she literally just touches the hem of Jesus' robe, and she's healed instantly. And, but, but, but the amazing thing is not only that, but what's going on in this moment and how it relates to hospitality. There's this, there's this uh, man named Jairus. He's the ruler of the synagogue. He's this big, important person. He has a 12-year-old daughter who is dying. And while he's on his way to heal this daughter, the woman touches this man. And the story says that he stopped and he spoke with, with this woman. He stopped and he spoke with this moment. He had a conversation. And then it goes on in verse 49. It says, while this conversation was still happening, the people came to Jairus and said, your daughter is dead. So that tells me is Jesus was on his way to do something. He was interrupted. And then the thing that he set out to do ended up just completely falling through. Jesus was interrupted He was interrupted from a chance to to heal someone who was super important because in that moment he sensed a need to, 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 to give someone his attention, to not only heal them but also have a conversation. He prioritized this woman. This girl was dead, and, and uh, Jesus brings her back to life. It's this beautiful story. We learn more and more about Jesus. But the, the amazing thing about the story and what we realize in scriptures, what we realize about Jesus in, in these pages is that time and time again, Jesus' miracles, if you read them, a lot of these miracles, these healings, they weren't planned moments. They weren't like, okay, so uh, Tuesday, I'm going to do four healing. No, they were all interruptions. They were all things while he was on his way. 
Here's the bottom line. Here's what I want you to get out of this chat this morning, is that true hospitality happens when we pause and when we align ourselves with the heart of God. See, Jesus' heart was so open. So what do we know? We know that, that hospitality comes out of these unplanned moments. It comes out of these moments when we, when we least expect it. I want to unpack really quickly what's required for us to offer godly hospitality. You know, number one, and we, we've talked about this already in this one another ser- sermon series, is we need to honor. Honor. Hospitality is about honoring. It's about putting ourselves in a lower place and lifting somebody up, regardless of their, you know, socioeconomic status. We want them to feel like, like, like they are royalty, like, like they are so valuable to us. It's about giving them our time and our attention. Hospitality number two is about us building bridges. What do I mean by that? I mean, it's, it's us, in a sense, making them feel as if they are a part of our family, you know, that, that they are, there is a connection. We are, we are breaking down any walls. We are loving the person that's in front of us. Number three, hospitality is about feeling, not just function. Feeling, not just function. It's one thing to offer people hospitality, but it's another thing for them to feel hospitality. And if you've ever been to a restaurant or you've ever been to someone's home, you know what it's like for the food to be cooked perfectly and, and for the, 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 everything to look just super great, but for you to not feel at home, for you to feel nervous. Oh, I don't know. I, I feel like I couldn't be myself. Or, oh, that waitress was so, you know, the food was delicious, but, you know, that, 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 that server was, was just so rude to me, you know? And it's, it's, you know, we can check all the boxes, and yet if someone doesn't feel the love of Jesus, then we've missed the point. Our team on Sunday mornings, that's something we focus on is everyone that's coming through the doors, we want them to feel hospitality. Not just see a greeter at the door, not just see someone that says good morning, but to feel welcomed and loved because you are welcomed and you are loved. Hospitality requires (laughs) us to pay attention to every single detail. Everything matters. We need to be fully present with people. We need to give them empathy and and give them body language and and eye contact, active listening. There are some people within our young adults ministry, when I speak on Thursday nights, I'm just so blessed by them. They lean in and they nod and they smile and, you know, they're, they're taking notes and I know why they're doing that. They're doing that, of course, because I do a great job speaking. No, they're do- you know why they're doing that? They're doing it to encourage me. They're doing it to show support to me, and I'm so grateful for it. I actually end up looking at them a little bit more, you know, uh, because, because it, just, it just helps me. It encur- it's amazing what these little things can do. You know, it involves us getting off our phones. You know, it involves every single minor detail. Everything is an opportunity for us to demonstrate the love of Jesus. Hospitality number five requires the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5 talks about love and, and joy and peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, gentleness, you know, goodness, self-control, all these things. Everything that we do, we need to be in close connection with Jesus. Out of that relationship with God, these things flow out of us. Hospitality requires a heart 
of worship, number six, a heart of worship. Uh, Matthew chapter 25, you know, Jesus says, if you've done this to the least of these, it's as if you've done it to me. And so when we serve the least of these people, uh, uh, for, for whatever reason, we, we don't think that they would rank high on the priority scale. When we serve these people, Jesus says, it's as if you've done it to me. Hospitality is a way to worship God. When I think about our relationship with God, when I think about where we find ourselves sometimes in in low moments in life, I think God says a lot of things to us. I think God says things like, I see you, or I'm listening to you, or I validate you as a child of God. I appreciate you. God would say things like, you've got my attention. See, when we offer and when we live in hospitality, we, we, we are called to take the very things that God says over us and to say them and display them over other people. I see you. I'm listening to you. I validate you as a child of God. I appreciate you. You've got my attention. True hospitality happens when we pause and when we align ourselves with the heart of God. Interruptions interruptions, these things that we don't plan for are the opportunities that we have to display hospitality. And so how can we prepare ourselves for that? Well, I shared with you a story in Luke chapter 8 about a woman with the issue of blood. Two chapters later, uh, Jesus tells the the, the story of the Good Samaritan. And and, and I'd love to just read it to you because uh, it's it's a really, really um, interesting, compelling story that speaks a lot to our posture. In, uh, in verse 30 of, uh, of chapter 10, and it says in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine on him and uh, on the wounds, um, and then he put the man on his, on his own donkey, took him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that, I, that you may have for me. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of robbers? The extra of the law says the one who had mercy on him. Powerful story. Jerusalem to Jericho, it's this long, long walk, 27 kilometers, it's, it's high, it's low, it's, you know, I think it's like 2,500 feet above sea level to 800 feet below sea level, it's just up and down and rocks and all these places, it's rocky, it's desert, there's robbers everywhere, places to hide, and sure enough, this Jewish man gets robbed, stripped, beaten. We read this story of a priest a holy man, a messenger of God, someone who we would think is so close to God, sees this man and goes to the other side. We see a Levite, someone who would be involved in, 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 in church religious ministry, also very connected with Scripture, sees this man and passes onto the other side. We then read about a Samaritan who is 
uh, like a, a half-breed. There's a lot of hostility between the Jewish people and the Samaritan people. You know, there, there's a lot of uh, disagreement, dissension. It's, and, and he is interrupted, and he decides to offer hospitality to this man. I want us to, to look at, at the idea of, of hospitality. Like I said, it, it's more about interruptions than it is about planned things. And when we're interrupted... There needs to be a surrender of our hearts before God in order to be ready in the moment. And so I want to look at this. I think, honestly, I think the biggest thing that if we can grab a hold of when it comes to how do I prepare myself to offer hospitality in these moments of interruptions, we need to surrender. We need to live a surrendered life. We need to, first of all, surrender our priorities. Surrender our priorities. The priest and the Levite, they were important people. They did religious things. They did incredible things. You know, I don't know why they stopped. Maybe they were on their way to do church ministry. You know, maybe they're like, oh, I don't want to get blood on my clothes. You know, I don't want to do all this stuff. You know, I've got, I've got a big job. I've got important things to do. The ir- ironic thing about this is that these men were so spiritual that they missed out on an opportunity to represent the heart of who God is. Wow. May we never get to that point that we are so busy doing the things that we think are good that when God ultimately is the one who is interrupting us, we haven't surrendered our priorities enough to pause and to stop. You know, I think so often, you know, being, being a pastor, there's so much to oversee. There's so many things to, to focus on. And I have, to, I have to guard myself because I have to guard myself from, from something I call stealth mode. And what I mean by that is I get so focused on making sure that the night runs perfectly, that, that everything's set up, that, you know, oh, the lights are right, the music is right, and everyone's sitting in the right spot, and everything's good, that I forget to focus on the people. <laughs> it's called stealth mode when, when your priorities are off. What do you think is important? You know, personally, what's important? And, and maybe how is that getting in the way of you showing true hospitality? I'm not saying that you need to get rid of it, but we need to surrender what we think is important to God. Surrender our pride, even. True hospitality happens when we stop and when we align ourselves with the heart of God. Number two is we've, we've got to surrender our time. Surrender our time. You know, think about the time that it would have taken to stop and to bandage this man's wounds. And, and it says that the Samaritan put him on his own donkey, which meant that he actually walked on foot. This was a serious time commitment. When I was in Bible college, one of my professors uh, shared with, with all the uh, students, he, he said, you know, you've got eight hours in, in your work day, eight hours in your office day. He's like, I want to challenge you guys to to carve out three hours of just flex time, margin, just, just time for whatever interrupts you. Because when you're in ministry, when you're serving people that are in need, there are going to be so many interruptions, and you need to be ready for these things. And he said, so, so an eight-hour day is only a five-hour day. Carve out that time, Matt, so that, so that you're ready, so that you're available to respond to whatever comes your way. Wow, margin. What if we created margin? What if we created our schedules in a way where we were ready to offer that care, that love, that support that people really need? But we, we love control, don't we? 
We love our calendars, don't we? We love being in a position where, you know, like I'm going to, I'm all in. When I'm scheduled on a, on a, on a Sunday morning or on a Monday night or, or a, you know, a Wednesday night, Alpha, whatever it may be, you know, I'm all in. But, you know, all this other time, you know, these are busy moments. What if we surrendered our time to God? What if we prayed like David in, in Psalm 31, my times are in your hand, surrendering our time to God? True hospitality comes when we quickly pause and align our hearts with God's heart. Number three is we need to surrender our need for recognition. Our need for recognition. Nobody would have been around this man who was injured. No one would have been able to see all that the Samaritan man did. Do we sometimes do things to get recognized? Do we sometimes hope that we get a wow, thank you? Do we sometimes hope that, you know, that that will somehow impress or, or maybe even adjust our personal status? We sometimes have these expectations for certain outcomes. Uh, I mentioned Jesus saying, even if you do these things to the, to the least of these, you've done them unto me. Hebrews 13, uh, verses 1 and 2 says that we show hospitality to strangers and we may very well be entertaining angels without even knowing it. Wow, an opportunity for us to worship God. True hospitality comes when we pause and we align our hearts with the heart of God. And this last one is, is really big. Number four, we need to surrender our opinions of justice. What do I mean by that? Well, well again, the, the, the cool, the kicker of this story, Jesus knew what he was doing when he mentioned a Samaritan, someone who had been wrongfully treated, offended by the Jewish community. There had been moments when, when he wasn't um, treated with, with, the, with the level of, of, of honor and respect that he felt he deserved in this moment. And, and he could have very well said, I'm going to let this man just learn his lesson. I'm going to leave him. You know, there are so many moments in our lives maybe where we feel like, oh, you know, that person, they, they, they deserve this. They, they've messed up. They've, they've done this. They, they've done so many horrible things. I'm not going to show this to them. The story of the gospel is a God who saved us, a God who gave us life, forgiveness of sins. God gave us what we don't deserve. We have an opportunity to live that out in hospitality, in serving other people, in giving people what they don't deserve. When we, when we surrender our personal opinions and we say, God, I want to love everyone as if I'm loving you. True hospitality comes and we pause. And when we align our hearts with the heart of God, we align by surrendering our priorities, our time, our need for recognition, and our personal opinions on what we think justice is. If you could stand with me, I'd love to uh, wrap up with, with a moment just for us to pray and an opportunity for us to experience salvation. You know, why is this so important? Why, why am I sharing you with this, with this with you? Why, why am I so excited? I, I can't wait to tell you why I'm so excited. Like I said, I've been thinking this way uh, since the beginning of April, and it's been so exciting to see what we can do through hospitality ministry. Going back to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9, 
this, uh, the, the context. Uh, again, I, I was mentioning that this was, uh, th- this was a, a service that was for strangers that were traveling. These were often missionaries, people that were doing incredible things for God and for his kingdom, bringing the gospel in areas that had not yet heard it. An amazing, amazing amazing opportunity. And, and, and for them to stay in inns or, or different accommodations other than what was offered by the Christian community uh, would have been expensive or, or would have been the, the very not, not clean, not, not good environments. And so there was an opportunity, essentially, what, what I'm trying to say is there was an opportunity for the community to be a part of advancing the gospel. You see, hospitality was more than just serving one person. Their potential was a ripple effect into communities, into cities, into nations from the sharing of the gospel. I believe that we will never truly know the the, the great lengths of what we have, have done when it comes to offering that love and that care and that hospitality to people. It's been amazing to hear stories of people that are so, so connected within our church community, within our church family. You know, they're they're lifers. We feel like they've been here for forever. But if you listen to their stories, sometimes their stories have to do with them feeling as if they were maybe down and out or or they they were in this season of discouragement. And there's always a moment. There's always a moment that they're able to share. And it almost always has to do with the person. You know, when I came into church on our first Sunday, we, we were so nervous. We were so uh, alone, and, and it was just, it was overwhelming, intimidating, and there was this family that came up to us, and they just sat beside us, and they, and they said this, and I'll never forget that moment. And it's amazing because that family that had that conversation probably doesn't even remember that moment because they didn't really see it as being that significant. But for the person whose life was changed by that hospitality, that's something that they'll never forget. Being in in this role, I'm a part of our our whole guest process of, of meeting them at the guest lounge and writing them cards and emails and trying to connect them with all the different ministries and connect groups. It's an amazing, amazing experience. And I'm so excited by all the stories of people being impacted by what we can do. And I just think we're scratching the surface. You know, this this call to hospitality, it's a personal call and it's a corporate call. And I would challenge you today, challenge you this morning, whether you're here or, or, or watching at home online, I would challenge you right in this moment, who's around you? Who can you love? Who can you serve? Because I believe that we can represent Jesus in ways that we never thought we could. Just imagine, imagine what it could look like. The great theologian, Pastor Mark Scar, once said last week, (laughs) they will know we are Christians by our love. I wanna remind you of that again. Another amazing opportunity. We align our hearts with God. (laughs) Our hearts are gonna come near exploding. See, that's the cool thing. Not only are we doing amazing things for God, it's amazing, we see people get transformed, but there's something personal that happens to us. Our hearts, they're so full when we feel that connection with Christ. 
I've shared a lot this morning about uh, just experiencing salvation, experiencing transformation from God and, and, and all that that means and all that, all that that brings us. I've, I hope I've, I've, I've displayed enough excitement about the work of Jesus Christ in, in my life and my heart. My question for you today is, have you asked Jesus into your life? Have you made him Lord? Have you made him Savior of your life? Have you asked him to, to, to forgive you of your sins? God loves you so, so much. Our sins separate us from God. The punishment of sin is death. And so without God, without his forgiveness, our sins are going to lead us to an eternity away from God. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, paying the price for sins. He did this for everyone. He did this for you. He did this for me. We have to ask him into our lives. We have to say, Lord, I know that you did this for me. Uh, I pray that you would come into my life. I pray that you'd be Lord of my life. And when we pray that prayer, we experience life. We experience life that starts now. And we experience life, eternal life that lasts for forever with Jesus. And so if everyone could bow their heads, everyone could uh, close their eyes, I would love to lead you in a prayer. And if that's you, you're here in this, in this room. If you're at home watching online um, and you'd love to commit your life to Jesus, you'd love to serve him, I'd love to lead you in this prayer. Why don't you just uh, repeat this after me, meeting it in your heart. Dear Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I ask you into my life. I want to make you Lord of my life. I want to serve you this day and forevermore. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Let's celebrate that. I believe that there are people that joined us in that this morning. If you made that decision this morning, you made the best decision you could ever, ever make. We heard it on the, on the screens earlier, birthday. You know, it's an exciting moment, being born again. Well, as I wrap up this message, uh, I do want to pray for you all. And again, just my challenge for you is, who's around you? Who's around you? Who can you love that's in front of you? On your way out, who are you going to, well, not bump in, bump in two meters away too. <laughs> Who's around you and how can you help be a part of our church community? I want to pray for you real quick. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to be together. And God, I pray that today you would challenge us. Search our hearts, oh God. Show us, oh Lord, what you can make more like you. And God, I pray that today we would feel um, a pull for, for, for people. God, pull for people that, that are within this house, within this church family, and God, even those that are outside these walls that still need to hear about you. God, I pray that we would serve them and love them and represent you through hospitality. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, let's celebrate the Lord and celebrate his word this morning. If you're, a, if you're a guest this morning, thank you for coming. We are honored that you are here. We are excited. We do have guest lounges on either side. There's a big title that says guest lounge. There's some friendly people that would love to meet you. We have amazing connect groups we'd love to get you involved in. They're all listed 
on our website. Um, we do have spots here at the front for prayer. And so if you would like prayer with somebody, we do have altar workers here that are uh, prepared to pray from you from a safe distance, of course. And uh, please make, uh, make a mention of that. Um, and if you would uh, like that, please just uh, wait until everyone exits the room. And then uh, once, once the room is more or less empty, then you can come forward. And so as always, we will exit from the back to the front just to keep things nice and safe. And uh, thank you so much, everyone, for coming. God bless you. And we will see you again next week. Take care.